podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tired of lying awake, tossing and turning, just hoping for a few hours of sleep? Get the sleep you crave with the one-of-a-kind Tempur-Pedic. Only Tempur-Pedic uses proprietary temper material that continuously adapts and responds to your body to relieve pressure, so you get deep, uninterrupted sleep all night, every night. The Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep starts now with all Tempur-Pedic mattresses on sale and savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Learn more at Tempur-Pedic.com. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Fat Pack Four. Um, we can't decide if it's episode 16, 17, 18. We don't fucking know. Okay. Um, so it's the Christmas special. Um, different kind of lineup this week. I'm Gavage, your host, as usual. Ian is with me, as usual. Um, Grizz is off um, downloading apps for his phone so he can track flights from Southampton. And Matt is on <laughs> Twitter and he's trying to get as many followers as he can by pretending he knows what's going on in the transfer market. So them two are fucked off for Christmas. And our guest, um, the second female we've had on this pod after Matt, and it's Umari. Um, so, uh, straight to it, Liverpool 5, Swansea nil. Stevens's day slash Boxing Day slash the 26th of December, whatever way you want to call it. Uh, Grizz just calls it Tuesday. And, um, yeah, happy days. Ian, I'm going to come to you first as usual. The lineup. Um, what did you make of it? And how did that fucker still stay in goal? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was all right with the lineup. I put on Twitter, I was all right with the lineup uh, by, the, by the goalkeeper. But I think we need to make our peace with that Mignolet unless he gets done for some sort of sexual abuse, he's going to stay in goal for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know. He may sees them in training. Maybe maybe Carrius just is shit in training. Do you know what I mean? And everyone keeps crying out for like, Danny Ward to start. And they've probably seen him for maybe five minutes. So it's like a case of other players getting better when they're out of the side. Do you know what I mean? It happens all the time. But skating over him, the back four was Lovren injured. I know he was on the bench, but he was on the bench. Not pick him. He was on the bench. Um, Matip came. I, I heard is furious that he had to cut his usual mid-season break short, um, yeah, and he had to come back and play. But Lovren, I don't know. I think he was just rested. Yeah, I, I was happy with the back four. Uh, Moreno's out, so you've got to start Robertson. Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty much. Trent usually plays at home, especially against sides you're expected to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clavin has arguably been our best centre-back for the past two and a half months. So I was all right with that. Midfield, Chan and Wijnaldum, I think they probably are our best two sitting midfielders when they play together. I don't like Chan and Henderson together. Don't I think they occupy each other's space. Uh, and I want to see Oxlade-Chamberlain get more games. I think he's playing better and better every time he plays. So I was, I was happy with him. 
Coutinho, Firmino and Salah. Yeah, it could be, you know what I mean? You could, Mane's unlucky to miss out, but not everyone can play. So, yeah, I was I was happy with the formation, definitely. It, sorry, the, the line-up. The, the line-up, yeah, I was happy with it. Yeah, you got there in the end, fair play to you. Um, been a long week. <laughs> I tell you, it's been a long three days. I'm going to fuck a week. Um, Umara, I'll come to you. Um, Ian's touched on all the players. Uh, were you happy with the lineup? Are you anti Mignolet, pro Mignolet? Have you any feelings on him? I'm really um, have any issues with Klopp's lineup. I always like to see how it goes and then moan afterwards. I'm uh, I, with Mignolet. I mean, it, I think it started yesterday, didn't it? People were. Um, Klopp had given some kind of interview and then people had gauged the fact that he he was going to start him. So that kind of meltdown happened pretty much yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, what's left to say about Minile? There's, he just He's not good enough, but I don't know why he keeps playing. I want to see Karius get a run, a long run, not just five or ten games or one game or whatever. I want to see him get to the end of the season. I think we haven't seen anything of him to make any kind of decisions over whether he's not good enough. I don't really get why people do that. But yeah, he started and um, we, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, I think I wasn't sure if Lovren was rested. I thought he'd been dropped. I'm not sure. So I thought Matic just walked back into the team and Clavin, as Ian had said, has been pretty amazing lately. He's reading the game really well. I think even today he cut a few passes before they even got to where they were, were meant to go. So that's fine with me. Matip did pretty well today again. Nothing really that Swansea offered though. So not really one that we can gauge he's, he's kind of level at. Uh, the fullbacks, yep, they were fine with me. I'm happy to have Again, as Ian said, I don't think Chan and Henderson work together at all. So I, I like this midfield of Oxo Chamberlain, Wijnaldum and Chan. Chan, I don't have a problem with him as such, but I do feel like he doesn't want to be here and I have a problem with that. So I, I have, I have mixed, mixed feelings over Chan, but I'm hoping he's just going to get his head down and get on with it. And I don't know what's going to happen in January if he's going or what's happening. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Mane was rested and I guess with his rotation thing that he does every week that's to be expected he's been a little bit off off recently so maybe he needs a little bit of time out but yeah everything was great there I really like that team except the goalkeeper but we can just go on and on about that all day but yeah great team yeah I'm um I'm sick and tired talking about Mignola I really am and it's not that I hate him it's just I can't get my head around the fact that this continues to go on all the time and we don't just say look you've had your shot I'm putting this chap in and when we get to the end of the season if, if I'm putting this carry is in for the rest of the season and if it gets to the end of the season and he hasn't been good enough neither is are good enough and I'm going to go and sort it um, but look he stays in goal Um Trent, a right back, made loads of sense because of the way Swansea were going to play and approved, um, as you'll, we'll talk about later. Um, Clavin, I think I've seen on the commentary, it's his longest actual run um, in of consecutive games in the Premier League for Liverpool. I The one thing about him I've noticed is he's a lot more aggressive in the last couple of weeks. I mean, aggressive, not in a stupid way where he's giving away frees. He's, he's muscling players out of the way. He's reading, as Zumara said, quite rightly, he's, he's reading the game a lot better. And he's a lot more... He's a lot more purpose to his play. Um, Matip, his winter break is over. The, he's like a fucking cream cracker. He must have just lashed him with butter and 
sold them all back together and fucked them out on the pitch. Um, the midfield is grand. I thought Oxley Chamberlain was a bit quiet, but other than that, he was all right. And the front three, yeah, no problem at all. Um, Ian, there's one thing I want to touch on before we go on, because we usually just go straight into the goals, because, you know, that's what we do. But there's one thing I want to touch on, and for me, um, we get an early goal, and we'll get back to that in a minute. Put that aside for a second. And that really should set a tempo for the team and also the crowd. But to me, it seemed really flat today, especially for a half-five kickoff on, you know, the day after Christmas, people have been out having a drink. It's a perfect kickoff time for people to have a drink, be up for it. But just watching it at home, I thought, Jesus, that is really, really flat atmosphere from, from probably minute six or seven to nearly half, more or less till halftime. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, mate. Yeah, I, I put a tweet out about 30 seconds before we scored, just saying, like, I haven't hit the crowd once in the first five minutes. And then we scored at about five and a half minutes, I think, which yeah. was a belter of a goal. The crowd celebrates, as you'd expect. And then 30 seconds after that, it's, it's dead quiet again. And, like, I can't get my head around it, mate. I mean, I've, I've mentioned, I've only mentioned it before. I've been talking to quite a few people on Twitter before. I think... The Christmas plays a part. Do you know what I mean? People are ungover, fucking rolling about with too much food inside them. You're dead lethargic. That all plays a part. You know what I mean? But like you say, it's half five on Boxing Day, so people should be happier. You know what I mean? They should be bouncing. They're not. Uh, I don't... You get a lot of people arguing, don't you? Uh, oh, it's the day trippers. It's this, it's that. It's, it's not... There's not one root cause. I think it's... We're in a period of decline, fans right across the country. Like, it's, it's become less and less a working class sport to go and watch football. It's too expensive. So you're getting your average fella or your average woman who, who used to go, who could take the kids and it'd be like a really nice atmosphere. You're looking at £200 if you want to take three people a game now. So more and more people are like getting priced out of going. So I think the demographic's wrong. I think you're getting a lot more older people that go who've gone for like 40 years who no longer want to sing anymore. Do you mean how many 60-year-old fellas do you see standing on the chair kicking off? They're just they're just doing it to get out of the house, aren't they? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. It's, it's routine. They don't want to go home. They want to, like, they'll meet up with the mates. They'll go, they'll have a bevy. They'll get in the ground three minutes before kick-off and they'll usually get off 10 minutes before the finish. And yeah. I... I've said quite a lot of times, I think the the, the seating arrangements in in Anfield needs to be rearranged. Like I don't mean the seats themselves, I mean the people who are sat in them. So if you've had a season ticket... Just start moving seats across the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've had a season ticket in the same place in the cop for like 40 years, or obviously it won't have been a seat, obviously, but if you've been in there for 40 years, how about not just thinking of yourself and your own your own experience, but I was thinking about improving the atmosphere of the ground and thinking, right, I don't sing anymore. I'm going to go in the centenary stand with all the other stiffs and I'm going to give my seat to someone under 30. I don't care if you're from Ireland. I don't care if you're from India. I don't care if you're from Scotty Road. Just someone under 30 who's going to be a bit vociferous, do you know what I mean? Get behind the side and just basically not give a shit what anyone thinks around them. Because the last few times I've been, the main, I've been in the main stand, and the main stand's much better now than it used to be. But even still, you start singing sometimes, and there's people around you just start looking at you as if to say, oh, this fella's a dickhead. And, you, and you're, yeah. you're tempted to sit back down, you think, yeah, I look like you're, a dickhead. You're, inter- you're, you're interrupting their... Um, yeah, it's mad. it's mad. Whereas, 
when I used to, like when the cop was standing, I'm old enough to remember the cop when it was standing because I, I was young. Like, yeah, I was young, but I was around. Like, if you didn't sing when you were in the cop, people looked at you like you were filth. It's almost gone the other way around now. Where, not so much in the cop, but all over it, whereas you sing and people look at you like, oh, we must be bladded. Do you know what I mean? I bet he's got an asbo. You know, stuff like that. It's just, it's pro- it is proper changed. And I think the pricing of tickets, uh, like I say, it's pricing youngsters out the game. I think the demographics needs to be altered in terms of seating arrangements uh, so that you get maybe two or 3,000 people from anywhere in the world, I don't care, but all around the same age who are all around the same mentality and want to sing and want to get chants going. If you've got 40 kids together or 40 young men or 40 young women together and they all start singing the same song, that song will catch on and people will start singing it. If you've got a group of five and then 40 rows over, there's another group of five trying to join in and then we're, and it's just sporadically spraced out around the cop or the main stand, it doesn't catch on. It needs to be looked at, I think. Yeah, um, I, I listen to what you say. I have two questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you for one and move to America for the next. The first one is, um, do you think it was the game today and the opposition that may have led to that? The bottom of the league, they're fucking atrocious. Let's be honest about it. And Liverpool fans turned up there today after the Christmas Day yesterday, the few drinks today during the afternoon probably, and just thought, you know, we'll sit back. This is routine, and we'll we'll get up and clap a few goals because that's what's coming. Yeah that, play, yeah, that plays a part. Of course it does. Of course it does. But then there's another way of looking at it, and you go, okay, uh, we could have a real party atmosphere here now. It's Christmas, and we're going to score five against an absolute dog shit side that offer no threat whatsoever. Let's go into party mode and really like bang it out. You know what I mean? Even start singing jingle bells. I don't give a fuck. But yeah. just just to sit there, like, <sighs> like why go? Or he's 17 or something. something oh, yeah, all day, all day. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does play a part. The fact that it's Christmas plays a part. The fact that there's about 15 factors, but the, most of them are easily fixable. Do you know? I mean, the ones like moving people around in the ground and the, the price of the tickets and all that, they're not, that's not easily fixed. But getting up off your ass and singing a little bit after we've just scored a goal is not hard to do. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't get it. Also, after it, it, the last two draws, yeah, you'd think they'd be, uh, you know, a bit more up for it. Well, you know, willing the team on to to actually get that win because the last yeah. couple of home games have been a bit shit, basically. I, so you'd I, you'd you'd want them to kind of push the team on. And I wonder how these um players that do come over and they hear about all this famous Anfield atmosphere when they actually experience it now when when it's like flat like that. I wonder if they go, wow, you know, didn't didn't expect that. I was I was. I'd always heard these amazing stories about Liverpool and yeah, okay, when we do the You Never Walk Alone, it is amazing. But then in that first half, I remember it was, it was so, it was boring. It was literally, you wanted to switch off yourself and I guess it kind of is contagious. If it's all around you, then you kind of, it, it catches to, with everyone else as well around around the, the sort of stadium and even at home. I mean, I found myself kind of wanting to just fall asleep. I remember I was looking yeah. at my phone. My husband was like, what's wrong with you today? Why aren't you, why aren't you watching it properly? But, you know, I, I think thousands of thousands and thousands of people, you mirror each other's behaviour, don't you? You yeah. can't help yeah. but do it. So, yeah. like I say, if there's if there's a gang of people singing around you, 
you're you almost embarrassed it. not to sing. Yeah, you, so yeah. you join in. You, you have but to join in. But contagious, and it kind of that kind of behaviour, I suppose, is contagious. Might, somebody might be a little bit shy. I mean, I know speaking from my own experience. If someone around me is singing and, and jumping up and down and having a good time, I'm more likely to join in. Whereas I wouldn't do it myself. Do you see what I mean? So it does. It, I reckon you know it just takes a few people to start something. But, do, you know, yeah. do you know something? Do you know you know the way people say, um, you know teams used to travel to Anfield and when they got there it was good noise in the ground teams were nearly beaten when they came out and over the last couple of seasons let's be honest probably a little bit more people think go to Anfield keep it tight quiet in the crowd and you'll always get a chance now part of that is is the game itself and the players we have and the systems we play and the way we're so open especially on the clock but Amara do you not think it's it's a mental thing from the crowd as well because a team going a team going to Anfield whether they think they can keep a tight on the pitch and, you know, they may get a chance. If the crowd's a bit louder, a bit more vociferous, you know, and nearly cheering everything, calling for everything, that team kind of can lose a bit of confidence in themselves and, and the, the chance of them getting anything reduces. And I just feel that, do you not think that when, if if we were louder and more out of from the go, get-go, teams would be kind of look, nearly looking around themselves Going, we're not getting that in here today. And the, the main top, the main one for me was United in the Europa League. United turned up as Man United. Then players came out on the pitch. Liverpool opened up, but you'll never walk alone. And you could visibly see United look, players looking around going, this isn't happening for us tonight. Do you not think the crowd can play a, a much better part in, in nearly putting these teams in their place before the whistle even starts? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it used to happen before. I mean, just what is it? Last week, John Terry, when he came on, he said when you went to Anfield, even before you got into the stadium, the people um, in the streets would throw things at the sort of the team bus, and you'd know <laughs> yeah. where you were you, even before you that went was, there. That was that was Yeah, I, I don't even know <laughs> if that happens anymore. Actually, there, but I mean, why do, do they? Why is there that famous saying, "The twelfth man"? That is why it is because it does literally push your team over the line and it intimidates the opposition. And when, you know, for example, if someone does go down in the box, the whole crowd, the crowd screams and it pressures the referee and all kinds of things. And you know, within the team as well, the crowd as well. But within the team, we don't have players who will go up into the referees' faces as well. I mean, that's another sort of kind of thing as well. But yeah, I think the crowd do need to kind of show up a bit more and and be a bit more intimidating because I think that does make a hell of a lot of difference in, um, from the way the your home team performs, obviously the Liverpool team, and then how it affects the opposition team because they kind of will go into their shell a bit when they see everybody screaming and, you know, shouting abuse. And, yeah, we want them to, to call out the opposition players whatever the hell they want when they're taking corners and stuff you want to you want to create the most intimidating atmosphere you can you see in when Liverpool go to away um, uh, sort of grounds these smaller teams sometimes they create such a like I don't know the one that springs to mind is the Crystal Palace the 3-3 in the 2013-14 the crowd was just insane and it kind of just gives the the opposition team it, it makes them lose confidence because they think god the, you know we're on the pitch and we're trying to do our job but we can't kind of concentrate because of all these fans just uh, shouting and screaming and if we're not doing that then of course I think that makes a huge difference but I think it's just the way the game has changed now I think that you're going to find that more and more I don't think it's anything to do with Boxing Day we've had so many games this season where people have noticed how quiet is at Anfield and it's, it just shouldn't be that way You, you touched on it to 13-14 a close friend of mine is a season ticket holder at Liverpool and he always remembers um 
13, 14, and we are doing quite well. Um, you know, we are we are going well, and I think it was Arsenal came to came to Anfield when we blew them away in the first twenty minutes, and I think that got us back to within about five points of the lead or five points of Arsenal at the time. And he said the change from game to from that game onwards was unbelievable. You know, teams were turning up, and you could see it visibly in them in the first five minutes that. The crowd around this, Liverpool around this, and it just all came as one. And teams were nearly beaten before they even got on the pitch. But look, you never know. It could be just one of those, you know, 26th of December, day after Christmas. People are a bit, as Ian said, a bit, a bit pissed. too much. Yeah, <laughs> too much food. Um, haven't got the energy. And look, we play Leicester, don't we, on Friday, is it? Saturday. Um so you never know, they're a bit more competitive. Liverpool might be a bit more up for it. But look, we move on. Um, Yamara, I'll stay with you. Um, as we've kind of touched on, we get a really good start. Um, six minutes in, Coutinho scores, and um, it's a cracking goal, isn't it? It's an absolutely cracking goal. It is, and it just... Every time he scores, there's the inevitable conversation that follows is he's going to leave and what we're going to do and all that. But I think... It's hard to to get that out of your head because of all the everything that's gone on and and all the talk that keeps kind of running in the background. But you've got to enjoy him while he's here. He's just having the time of his life at the moment, best season ever so far, and it kind of is a, little, a testament to him really because of how the season started for him. Didn't play the first couple of games and all the drama that went on. So I think credit to him for turning it around. He's just been amazing, really. Um, it was kind of typical Coutinho goal, wasn't it? But Firmino wins the ball back in the first in the first place, and then um, you know Salah. I think it's Salah who lays it on to yeah, Coutinho. It is, yeah. But yeah, fantastic finish. The goalkeeper just didn't move, did he? Didn't even didn't even know it was coming. I don't think. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Just there's no words left and <laughs> to say about him. But um, yeah, kind of you you thought at that point that we were going to go on to score. A lot more, which we did in the second half, but then the first half went flat, really flat after that, and it was um, getting a bit an- anxious. Um, but yeah, then it, after the break, we kind of just um, we were, we sort of uh, let ourselves loose. Then really, yeah, Ian, um, Coutinho is is a strange one for me now. Like Amara says, um, AU off Swansea. Should probably go down for a free kick and doesn't. He stays up and then goes down with no contact. Firmino to Salah, Salah to Coutinho, and they, they try pressing, but he's just he actually he's glad of the press because he can then he can bend it around the defender. And there's no point to keep it diving. He's only wasting his fucking energy. And I'm I'm against you know wasting energy. Um, it's it's a quality finish. But first of all, your thoughts on the goal. But secondly, in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed Coutinho. Smiling when he scores, showing some emotion. Smiling when his player, his teammates score. Is there a change in him where his future is probably sorted and it's agreed upon and he's happy in it now? Whereas a couple of weeks ago, he he, was, he looked a bit frustrated even though he was playing well and scoring goals. Maybe that's just me being paranoid, but it's just something I've noticed when I'm watching the games. There is a change in him in the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, firstly, the goal, just quickly. Uh, like Omar just said, it's brilliant. He gets it. He hits it so early and so powerful, so quick. No backlift, hardly anything. There's no point, like you say, there's no point to keep him moving. The the defender is it for what's the defender called? Federico. I don't know. If it's, f- what, 
Um, Fernandez or whatever his name is. Yeah. I'm not sure of his name. One of them. Uh, but he does okay. He gets out as quick as he can. But he just... Coutinho's just too good. End of story. He uses, he uses them, doesn't he? he really yeah, he just does. bends it around, yeah. yeah. But it, it, as opposed for his, for his attitude, it could be a combination of things. I mean, he's been the captain a few times. I think that's that won't have done him any harm. It's proper give him a boost. But a bit like what you just said there, I think they've probably had a conversation in private and they've just said, right, you're not going in January. Give us everything you've got and you can go in the summer with our blessing. And I think if that's the case, I just think it'd be a big, massive weight off his shoulders. He doesn't have to agitate for it. Because I don't ever get the impression that he was comfortable pretending to be, well, inverted commas, pretending to be injured or transfer requests and all that. I don't ever think that's his type of personality. He doesn't come across like, he's not like Suarez. He's not a cunt. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't think he was comfortable doing that. He was just being advised, this is how you get your move. This is how it and works. You know, Ian, I think, and you've just said something there and it's tweaked tweet with me, right? Um, you've said that maybe they've had a conversation in private. Maybe it's literally, you're not going in January, but you can go in the summer and there's probably a fee agreed, not a fee agreed, but an amount that Liverpool will accept and it's up for Barcelona to come up with it. Um, and that's why you're seeing the likes of quotes attributed to the likes of Iniesta, Suarez, all these players saying, oh, if he came here, this, 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 and this, they're trying to push it again now to try get January. Well, Liverpool have obviously, um, hopefully made an agreement with Coutinho that now you stay for the season and we, we look after you then. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, make any sense. To, sorry, I just want to say, there wouldn't make any sense for him to, for Liverpool to sort of um, dig their heels in and then for him to go now. So no, I think it definitely should stick out to the summer. Yeah, it's that. It's it's a uh, we done it with Suarez, and Suarez was agitating for a move far worse than Coutinho. Uh, you can say what you want about FSG, but they don't like to be pushed around by their own players. They've proven that, and I don't mm-hmm. think Coutinho's the type anyway. Uh, as for the Barcelona players, they're all just vile, mate. They're they're not far off getting a transfer ban anyway. They've just been reported over illegal approaches for Griezmann. Yeah, so what and- happens if they get a twelve-month ban? If there's if there's any if there's any truth in in that Atletico Madrid report and there's any kind of substance behind it, they could be in serious trouble because of a, a band they had, probably going back about twelve months ago, I think. Yeah, it's not if, long. It's if, not long ago. No, it's not long ago. And if there are, like you know yourself, there's these sites that will throw out all the sort of news and people click on it and that's how they make that money. But if there's anything behind that, um, and it could be Atletico Madrid knowing that Griezmann is going there, um. If there is anything behind that, Barcelona, you're right, they could be in serious, serious trouble. Um, the thing is, though, just want to yeah, Barcelona, yeah. they haven't got much money. That, that might sound like a stupid statement, but they're struggling financially. There was talk they had to sell Neymar, they had to, because they couldn't well, they afford it. Yeah, they, they, yeah, well, they was, but they put up a bit of an argument that like we didn't want them to go, but deep down, it was... I think they needed them to go. So if they're going to buy Griezmann for, what's his release cost? About 90 million, 100 million, 90 something million. like that. 90 million, yeah. And then they're going to want Coutinho, who's going to, at the minute, it's going to cost around 150 million. They, mm-hmm. they just can't afford all this. I would not be surprised if PSG make a really big move for Coutinho in the summer. I'm putting that out there now. Yeah, they could, but... <laughs> don't fucking go there, Amara. I just wait on a second. We two pricks on this podcast already acting the bollocks. And we don't need a third. I need somebody on my side, you know, with some sort of sanity. Um, because they can afford yeah. them. And his best mates there. 
Well, whereas yeah, Barca could be banned. They can, so. No, they, they can afford it, but the Mbappé thing is going to prohibit them, I think, from doing anything kind of crazy next summer because they're going to have to justify the Neymar thing. Then they're going to have to justify this. I don't think you can see them going absolutely crazy. Um, I think the best outcome is, like you said, they, they tell Coutinho the price is X. You stay with us. And if if somebody comes in in the summer, well, not if somebody, if a team outside the Premier League comes in in the summer with that with that amount, we, you know, go ahead, walk away. My argument is you turn around and you go, listen, there's 300 grand a week for five years um, with a 200 million release clause and we make you captain. And then just see what he says. You, does, you can't lose, can you? Um, the, the problem with that, though, is they've already prob- promised the captaincy to Van Dijk. Do you reckon? Yeah, they are. They are, Amara. There's a bit of ITK stuff for you. I'm <laughs> telling you, of course they have. He's, he's refusing to talk to every other team in the world. It's gone badly down here. We're only at one no, year and you're going through this. I'm telling you, they've offered him the captaincy. Yeah. He mightn't yeah, get it the day he signs, yeah. but he'll get it within one transfer window. I'm telling you. Gab, what okay. you said about making him captain and all that, and I think that's mm-hmm. you know that's a good offer to make. But then you've got to, you've got strength and elsewhere. He's not going to continue playing for a team that keeps chipping in goals at the other end and undoes all his good work. They've got to show that they're serious, Liverpool, and they've got to go and strengthen in other places and then say to Casino, yeah, you you can you're the main guy in this team, and then then he might stay. But he's not going to stay when we have the shit goalkeeper and defence that we do. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. He's not it's a, win anything, it's a very though. good point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very fair point. But you see, people going around, and I have to be careful what I say here because um, I haven't got time to answer them online. Um, people going around saying, oh, well, Van Dijk is being financed by Coutinho. That's complete bullshit, all right? Um, and, yeah, I get your point, and I agree with it. But if you're going to go in with a, a bid for, or an offer to Coutinho, yes, you're right. You have to say, okay, listen, like, if they bring in Van Dyke next week, and I don't know what's going on. I genuinely, I don't know Van if Dijk's these guys are being... Yeah, well, I, do, I don't know if these... I don't know if these if guys do, are If that middle. happens, Grizz may go missing. Yeah. He's going into witness protection, <laughs> isn't into he? Into your he, basement. He, he, honestly, yeah. he's go, I can't afford to feed him. He'll go missing somewhere, though. <laughs> he's going into witness protection somewhere. Um, I don't know. I'll I don't know where, him. but... He's, he's near me, isn't he? I'll find him. Listen, you don't need fucking look hard to find Grizz. Go to a bridge late at night. <laughs> yeah, go to a bridge at 12 o'clock. Look for somebody in a tracksuit. Then you'll find them. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're right. But if they were to... Look, the Van Dyke thing, we might as well touch on it while we're here. Um, the Van Dyke thing, I don't know whether it's being done by uh, journalists or, you know, putting it out there and, you know... It affects betting and all that sort of thing. You've seen this thing with Dembele to Brighton yesterday um, where they were claiming a deal was agreed. But obviously they took a sky hooker back down and betting was affected by it. But So you don't actually know, and I don't think anyone knows what's going on. But you're right in what you're saying. If you're going to make a one last push for Coutinho and try to put a, a big offer on the table, we're a release clause of a massive amount of money. You have to say, look, we've signed, for argument's sake, Virgil van Dijk. We're looking at this player. We're going to get that player and we're going to get this player and we want you to be the main man in it. That is the way you get a deal over the line. Um, and they do have to, you know, put their money where their mouth is. But that'll all come around. A lot of things will be a lot more clear in January, I think, especially around Coutinho. Um, did you see, did you see the stat? 
did you see the stat today that he's since 2013 he scored 19 goals from outside the area, which yeah. is six more than anyone else. Yeah, I no, think it was is. I think it was Ericsson who was second. Yeah, he, he just, he just scores. He just, yeah, uh, he just scores dream goals, doesn't he? He's brilliant to watch, man. And it's not even his goals. It's it's how many people do you see, even in the prem, but in general, who can get the ball and then do tricks and beat three or four players. It's very, very rare, and he does it for fun. He just, he's just such a natural talent. It'll be sad when he goes, like. Yeah, and he and it, I think he will go. I just think January, I think, is a ludicrous time for him to go. Mm-hmm. But look, oh, we no move on, and let's let's skip off the rest of the fucking forced half because um, Liverpool done all right. They were a bit edgy sometimes, a bit on edge sometimes. Let Swansea get into some promising positions, and when they shouldn't really have. Um, I think. For the rest of the half, I think they were Liverpool kind of were under the impression that our one nil up against these are not very good. We'll start taking shots from fucking thirty yards out when there's much better options. But look, leave it. We we we'll get past it. Second half starts. Um, Coutinho makes a two nil, and or not Coutinho, Firmino. Sorry, makes a two nil from a Coutinho free kick. Umara, um, this chap that doesn't score enough goals, he's scoring enough for me. I'm going to be honest with you. He's scoring enough and he's making the other ones as well. So it's not just about scoring goals. It's about, I just, I don't know. I mean, how many goals we'd have without him. He's integral to the team. I used to, well, I still am a Sturridge fan, but I used to always think in the beginning, you know, why isn't he playing? Why can't he play? Why can't he play with Salah and, not Salah maybe at the time, but Mane and, and, you know, but I get it now. I get how important Firmino is to the team and, the way he just links everything up and does all the extra bits and and tricks and that no one else can do and I think I think the in the post match someone the, the guy even asked Klopp and he you know he pretty much said he's you he, he can't do without him so he's um yeah and he he scores far I think he scores enough goals that's it's not a problem to me I don't know how many people want I mean how many has he got so far in the league he's he's sixteen in all competitions I think and I think I've seen the stack come up on Sky saying he has. Eight in his last six starts or something along that lines, but I could have read that wrong. I'm I'm very drunk. Yeah, sixteen in <laughs> up to Christmas is fine. I mean, still got the whole second half of the season to go. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what else can be said about him either. He's another one. Um. Him and I think uh, Ian, you just said that. Is were you um alluding to Neymar when you said that um. Casino's the best, best mate in PSG. Yeah. Well, I think he's. Haven't these two got matching tattoos now? Apparently, Firmino and Coutinho. Something oh, that, that today. Is, I haven't seen it, but that is pure. That's, like, good, that, that's Chris and Matt. You're thinking of. I'm gonna say that's some sort of gay babe station pack. That if you have. <laughs> I read it. I've just read it. I haven't seen it, but I thought, well, that's amazing. If that's the case, and hopefully, amazing is not the stay. word I'd use for that. <laughs> well, maybe deplorable not. is the one. I, the one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's just brilliant and just first touch with that first touch volley. No, no need to to faff about with it. Just straight in. Yeah, and brilliant, brilliant free, uh, free kick from Kitty. You know, finding the right place and it kind of opened the floodgates, didn't it? And then it just all went to pot for Swansea after that. Yeah, Swansea's game plan must have been to get when they got the halftime one nil down. The, the game plan was probably keep it like that as long as they can. Like we talked about earlier, stay in the game, you get a chance. You know, that's usually what teams' tactics are. Um, Ian, he makes a 2-0. It's a very very intelligent free kick from Coutinho. 
it's great moving for Firmino. But there you have two goals now in the you know the first two goals. There he is in around the center circle, winning the ball, releasing Salah, who releases Coutinho, who scores, and then he makes lovely movement off at the back post um, and just buries it. And there's two goals, and he's he's involved in both. Like Mate. like what what do we sorry what how long does this fella have to keep doing this? Um, in games where people go, you know what, he just fits them perfect and he's doing more than enough because there's still doubters out there. Well, what Amara said then was telling, it's unusual for someone to be in one camp, like she was in the storage camp, and then be have enough humility to, to then change their opinion. Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, not many people are open to changing their opinion on Twitter. So the, he's got... The narrative is that he's not a natural goal scorer in number nine. And very few he could score seventy goals the next two and a half seasons, and people will still say that shit because that's what they thought two and a half years ago. So that's the problem. He, mate, he's going to finish this season if he carries on going. He's going to he's going to finish the season at least twenty five goals. Now, other than Harry Kane, maybe Aguero, who's getting twenty five goals in the Premier League? Lukaku can only do it if he plays Bournemouth every week. Uh, if, he, if he gets if he gets twenty five goals in all competitions, I don't see what the problem is. I no, genuinely not, don't see what the problem is. There's more. And, listen, and, there's more goals. Obviously, goals win games and all that. All that other cliche bollocks. But there's a lot more to the game than just stats and nine goals in twelve games and all that type of stuff. Lukaku scores more goals in general than Bobby Firmino, or has done over the past couple of seasons. Who's the better centre-forward? Is, that, is it even close? Yeah, but you see, the thing is, Ian, when I live with a Liverpool team sheet, right, and it doesn't matter who we're playing, I don't immediately look at Firmino and go, he'll win the game for you. But I always think, if we win the game, he'll be, be a big part of it. You know, like, he won't be the guy to get the winning goal, or, or he mightn't score. But you can guarantee he's going to be involved somewhere in, in these goals that Mane or Coutinho or Salah or Oxlade, any of these players get. And that's his role. And people need to realise that that's his role. And if he scores 25 goals in all competitions and Salah's over there scoring 35, and OK, Mane is probably going through a little bit of a dip. And that's allowed. I have no issue with Mane having a dip. And if he wants to continue on to the 1st of January, walk away because he's been brilliant for us for 15, 16 months or whatever it is he's with the club. Um, I just don't get why people don't look at Firmino and go, yeah, do you know what? He's top draw. I really don't. Uh, mate, I've said many times, I think he's the, the first name on Jürgen Klopp's team sheet. Many After times. After Lovren, who didn't get on the team sheet today, yeah, that one. Because, yeah, there God, was issues. It's going to get messy. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I just think he's our most important. Our four, our front five, front six, whatever. They they work a hell of a lot better when you've got Firmino as the as the fulcrum, so to speak. He's not a natural number nine in that he doesn't stay right up top. He's not quite, you know what I mean. He's not quite a number ten. He, he's just he's just a complete forward. He's fantastic, and um, and it's not just how good he is; it's how mental he is that I love. He's doing fucking yeah. Van Damme karate kicks as celebrations and yeah. wearing and gold his ties teeth, and stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. His teeth are offensive as fuck to the eyes. They are absolutely fucking outstanding as well. Someone put on Twitter today that that, uh, that McBurney had the same colour legs as fucking Firmino's teeth. It made me laugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 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 I seen him. He was like an X-ray, wasn't he? Oh, he, he was he was terrible, mate. He looked like some sort of like apparition. But, uh, but yeah, right, he's fantastic, Firmino. And the, the people who don't appreciate him don't really understand football as well as, as some people that do appreciate him. And no, that's the only way you no, can look at it. I don't think they don't understand football. I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. What I would say is, though... No, I didn't say they don't understand football. I said they don't understand football as much as people who, under, who appreciate him. Yeah, because for, because for me, um, like, let's go back to it again. Matt has this massive thing with Steve-O, um, and this is about Maratta v Firmino, and I think at the moment Firmino still leads in goals and assists. Um, yeah, me, me and Steve-O have had, me and Steve-O have got into it loads as well. Yeah, now, Steve-O will argue that Morata's played less. That's not our fucking problem. If he keeps getting suspended and injured, that's not the issue. So, but, for me, I think Morata in the Liverpool team isn't as effective as Firmino. I just think you have to get the players that work the system properly. And he works it perfect. And he, I always say he's a facilitator and he does great. But look, we could go on and on about this chap, but, um, He's fucking can I, great. Can I just right? add one quick thing? Yeah. The thing with Firmino, I think maybe people who don't want to kind of admit to him being the centre-forward type of player is because he's not just on the end of goals. He starts them, he's in the middle of them, and he, he scores them as well. He creates and everything. And maybe not just kind of your goal poacher type player. He's 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 in and around everything. He, you know, with the couple of goals today, he, he starts them in mid... He was in drop steep and he might win the ball back or something, or he might... He's not just... In the box, he's everywhere. Yeah, he is. He is. That's, and I think, I think, I think, if he has another yard of pace, I think then he's more appreciated. Yeah. That's genuinely what I think. Um, Do you know what? Right, I know it's a. I'm not by any in any means comparing. Well, I am comparing them because I'm going to say Carter. two names in the same sentence. Do you know what I mean? But best of look, best of look before you start. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go big, mate. Oh yeah. Kenny Daglish didn't score that many goals. Now you've gone done oh, yeah. it, now, haven't you? I've yeah. done it. That's it, we're <laughs> finished. I've done it now. We Kenny won't even Daglish. have an episode 18. This is it's... the end of the fight, that four. <laughs> Ke- Ke- <laughs> Kenny Daglish, right? He's he's in the top three, whatever way you look at it, he's in the top three Liverpool players of all time, if not the best. And he didn't score that many goals, but Liverpool were a much better... Ian Rush doesn't score after goals without Kenny Daglish and the, and the players around him. It's hard to compare. This is why it does me. I don't people compare Morata and maybe Firmino. They're not the same player. It's hard to compare people because they're in different teams, different, different like uh, tactics. They've been told to do different things. You know what I mean? But you just need sometimes. You just need to appreciate some, what someone does. You know what I mean? And like I say, Daglish didn't score as many goals as other strikers around, and he was world class. So I'm not saying Firmino's of that standard. But sometimes it's important to look at that type of thing as well. You know what I mean? Um, I am saying that I think he is world class, and I don't. For me, no. Anyone says, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. I he's think, very. He's I, very close. Think, he's not far off. I think in the style of play that a lot of teams look to play nowadays, I think he is right up there with with anyone. I really believe that. I think if you have, it's if you have really good attack, yeah, no, and you know something. 
I think Suarez at the age he's at, if he was to leave Barcelona, I think the perfect player for him would be Firmino. Believe it or not, no, I just no, 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 don't say I'm that. Ju- I, 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 look, I won't say it too loud. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> you Doesn't did. matter. Um, in your hundred thousand listens, might be a Barcelona scout, and then you might have started something here. Ah, yeah, fuck him. We'll we'll we get Grizz to knock him off, <laughs> lock him down in his dad's. <laughs> we, get, we get him. We get Grizz to knock him down in his dad's merc. Um, <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, right, my favourite moment of the game <laughs> comes next, um, and it's. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and he scores and it goes in off the bar and all it's fucking amazing it reminded me a bit you know the John Flanagan one yeah. that scores away um, <laughs> yes, I, was say. I have to say and I'm a massive Joe Gomez fan I always prefer Gomez to uh, Trent at Roy Full just because of his defensive um, the way he wants to play the way he sees things now I'm saying that and he, he fucked up on Friday in my opinion but um this was a game where Trent came in. I thought he was excellent defensively. Um, Ian, um, do you agree? Was he excellent defensively? And um, it's a great way to get his first Premier League goal, isn't it, at the cup end? I don't actually think he was excellent defensively, to be honest, first half. I think he he, he, he can get it. I think he got caught out of position a couple of times. Like, But, mate, you won't find a bigger fan than Trent Alexander-Arnold and me. I, I go way over the top. All the time, like Flanagan got called the Scouse Cafu. Fuck yeah. off, behave. That was out of like that was almost like an insult, wasn't it? It was because yeah. But Flanagan weren't smart enough to see it as an insult. Trent Alexander, if he was to stay at right back for the rest of his career, I think he'd be the best right back in the world. Not now. I mean, when he get when he's twenty three, twenty four, he, he's got everything. He'd mo- he'd be like a Danny Alves, where he's not the best defensively. But going forward, he's got so much ability. His range of passing for a, for a teenager, and the fact that he's on set pieces in high-profile European games and all that, is just fantastic. The fact that he's scouts is just like the cherry on top. Because he's very, very few local boys ever asked to leave their club. Yeah. So where you've got someone like Coutinho, and we're all worried about him leaving, Trent Alexander's from West Derby. He's got no dreams to play for Barcelona. His dreams to play for Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? And he's going to captain Liverpool at some point. I, I can't big him up enough, me. Genuinely I, I, can't. I, I, big, I, I really like him. I just think that at the certain games we play, especially when we go away from home or play bigger teams at home, um, they can try to target him and they have better quality to get at him. Um, and Gomez, just the way he naturally defends, suits us better. But today... I did think he was really good defensively. I thought he targeted him the odd time. He tried to put a lot down to his side and he cut out stuff. And then he not only cut it out, but the ball he was hitting down up the line was really good for Salah and stuff. It wasn't just a hack up the line. He was looking what he was doing. Um, Umara, the goal itself, um, I think it helps him that he is a forward-thinking player and, uh, and has played midfield. He's played wide because when that ball comes in, he's in the position where he's anticipating he gets the touch and it's a, it's a crack and finish, isn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a ninja kick, wasn't it, when you won it back? His foot was quite high and then the love, the control... Yeah, he should have been fantastic. sent off. He should have been sent off. <laughs> yeah, on another day, That's... maybe, with another referee, possibly. But yeah, I think I I screamed the loudest for that one. I was really happy to see him score and you're right, it did remind me a little bit of the Flanagan one because it hit the bar and went in as well. But yeah, I loved the way that he, um, when he did get the ball in, the way he controlled it quickly and then... Yeah, he just whacked it in. Brilliant. It was just... And then his reaction to top it off, you know, I think he got a hold of the badge or something like that. 
slapped it a few times or something. I can't remember exactly. I think I was um, celebrating across the room as well myself. But yeah, yeah it was no, brilliant. We, brilliant. You, goal. It was it was quality. Um, I seen a tweet earlier of um, I think it's it was like four photos. One of Gerard running away from scoring a goal and doing the slide, and it was literally a mirror image of it with with Trent Alexander Arnold today. Um, that makes it three nil. Um, great for the young lads because not only did he have a solid game, but he was joining in and he'd done it a few more times during the game where he got to the end line, he won a couple of corners, he he whips a great ball in really early and loads of pace and they're, they're varied as well. They're not looped ball, the odd loop ball, does, they're driven across the box, they're, they're curled. He, Do you know what he crosses the ball like? Uh, I know he gets compared to him, but he does cross the ball like Steven Gerrard. He hits yeah, he it early and he hits it with pace and, yeah. and he whips yeah. it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah, absolutely. Um, and Ian, you, like you, you touched on, I don't know if he'll be the best right back in the world in a couple, in a couple of years or, or so many years because he's loads of years ahead of him. But to me, um, they're playing him perfectly. You know, they're not throwing him in in too many games. They're, they're putting him in, in selected games. Um particularly at home, and he's getting that confidence up and he's getting that, he's familiar with the players around him. Um, I think another season with a few more games, and probably throwing them in, in the bigger, higher profile games, I think probably the season after next, you see you see the absolute best of, of Trent Alexander-Arnold. And like you said, his dream is to play with Liverpool. And if he gets as good as we think he's going to get, um, happy days because, you know, he wants to play with Liverpool and we hopefully we never have a worry about him leaving. Um we don't mess around making a four um, I think it's probably is it if it if it's even two minutes, I'm not too sure. But again, Swansea are Swansea are making you know, they're the architect of their own downfall, the they try to play around. This guy plays a blind pass. Salah's actually in, isn't he? He's in and he, he could actually shift on his left and shoot, but there you go again, the team play and Firmino's knocking the rim around, even looking at the ball again. He's taking the piss at this stage. Yeah, he needs to stop doing that, doesn't he? One of these days, he's going to make an absolute tit of himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was. Um... Amara, he wears a he wears a gold metal tie. <laughs> I don't think he's he asked about making a tit of himself. Do that is care. true. That is true. Oh God, some of his um, fashion. Um, <laughs> what can we call them? <laughs> I don't even know what the name is. But yeah, es- they're terrible. Escapades, I think is what and, you're looking for. And and Coutinho had the cheek to say that Lovren was a shit dresser. I was like, your best mate. Look at him. <laughs> but anyway, no. that's another another story. But yeah. Um, for me, for me, he was my man of the match. I know people picked Coutinho, but I think that just sealed it for me. Um, it was pretty much a tap in and stuff, but you know, cheek of not having to look at it again. But it was, was good, and he was involved in everything else. So, yep, fantastic. Um, I think at that time we knew we were right. I mean, I know three nil leads aren't really really um, <laughs> comfortable leads for us, but I think we knew. But the Swansea weren't going to do anything else, so. Then making a mistake for that fourth, and then I think Salah crosses it in, doesn't he, for um, Firmino? And uh, yeah, brilliant. What can you say? It's, it's um, yeah, when we get to three now, we get nervous. We're already at one and two. It's when we hit three, we're like, ah, oh, fuck's sake. Um, but no, um, Ian, he's um, it's it's not even the play isn't even broken up, it's just a loop, loose pass, and Salah is in, um, and Firmino's. He's just in the right spot, isn't he? He just holds his run, looks at the pass, slots her in, game over, and he's um 
he didn't do much for a celebration, didn't he? Not his, his celebration for the fucking free kick was. I don't know where he's going, but he was a bit reserved. He was a bit more reserved for this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Salah squares it. It's on a plate in it. I don't think Salah had the best game actually, and he still ended up with a couple of assists. Uh, he didn't have a poor game by any stretch, but I thought he could have done better in a couple of situations. Uh, but then again, maybe that's just I'm, I'm just expecting everything he touches to turn into like a fucking big shiny ruby or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mate, he's in the right place, the right time. Dare I say it, like a typical number nine? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Morata knocking the ball in the goal. <laughs> um, but um, no, it's it's just, it puts the game to bed. Just on Salah, um, he probably didn't have the best game. He, he was a bit hesitant at times. I thought he got away from his, his marker and, and probably could have shot and tried to do a little bit more. But the outlet that he is, um, he absolutely terrifies defences like he, Look, there was one in the first half where he's played down the inside left channel, or the inside right channel, sorry, and he manages to get by one, and the next thing is about five Swansea defenders around him. Yeah, it was good, and, yeah. and now, he, in fairness, he gets inside and he probably should shoot across, and he tries to take another touch, but when the ball breaks, there's five of them. There's absolutely five of them, and I'm thinking, if he actually gets a toe to that ball, we're definitely in on goal, because that's how terrified they are. And look, he didn't score today. You know, he's probably one of the very few games he hasn't scored in. You can forgive him that. Um, Liverpool he's are winning. Shit. Yeah, he's fucking, Yeah, yeah. FSGO. Um, right. 5 0. Um, Oxley Chamberlain. Um, it's a bit of a messy kind of. Not a messy goal in, in, in the finish, but the, the rest of it around it kind of. Trent attempts across, the kind of pinballs around. But. Um, I was happy for Oxley Chamberlain. I thought he had a quiet game, but not a quiet game, but he, not a really effective game. He just got on with his job. But Umara, um it's actually a heck of a finish, isn't it? When you look at it back, it's a it's a proper volley. When I looked at force, I thought, oh no, he just let that bounce for some reason. I was drunk, um, but it's a, it's a really controlled finish. And um, again, another little step in Oxley Chamberlain's progression within the squad and the team, and and he's brilliant at interviews. Yeah, he kind of stumbled towards that goal, didn't he? But you're right, the finish was brilliant. I don't know if it, what, if it was with the outside of his foot or what it was, but it's kind of curled in a bit. I'm not sure. I'd have to look back. But um, yeah, the the sort of build-up to it wasn't very pretty, and and I guess that's probably why um, nobody would maybe pick it out. But yeah, he's. I was. I'm really pleased for him to score, although he wasn't pleased himself. I didn't see the post-match. Um, too much. I was I was kind of busy at the time, but I heard that he was disappointed with his performance, even though he'd scored a goal and Liverpool won, had won five nil. So, kind of um, it bodes well that does because it means that he's he cares about his own performance rather than him scoring a goal, and it's not just about him doing that. It's about him doing the best in the whole all of the ninety minutes, which is a good kind of positive um, a kind of attitude to have. So that's good, but. Um, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. I think he's going to do really well. He's, he's, he, I just think Klopp's going to get the best out of him, kind of like Lalana is uh, he did with Lalana. So I'm, 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 I've got big hopes for Oxlade Chamberlain. I think he's um, a really good addition. But yeah, I'm really pleased he scored a goal. And you're right, it's just it's good for confidence. Any any goals, it doesn't matter how they come. It it just um, it helps these guys get through, doesn't it? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, I like I said, I don't think he had the best performance. I think it was very functional what he done. He um he worked hard in midfield. He protected um Trent when he needed to. He broke when he needed to. Um, there was nothing outstanding about his performance. But Ian, um, a lot's being made of um Oxley Chamberlain's forty million pound price tag, and m- to me, it's irrelevant because money's gone mad in the game. So I don't care if you spend forty million or you know one million. Um, he's a player in the squad and you judge him on his performances and I think he's getting more and more confident in himself um, within the team within the squad um, and I think he can only get better I really do um, like you know he's come in he's he's kind of staggered into the team but now he seems to be getting the nod more often than not you know and he's being used wisely I, I think he's been a good signing overall do you think so? Yeah, I mean, well, well, you know, I was a big fan before we signed him. I was an advocate for signing him anyway. It, you, you're right about the money, mate. It doesn't really matter. It, to me and you, Mara, whoever, it doesn't, our lives don't change whether we pay an extra five million no. or an extra... It doesn't make any fucking difference. No. But... And I, a bit like Amara again, I compared him when we signed him to a more mobile Alana. I do think he's just... He's got it in him to be that player, but quicker. And I think that's what Klopp sees... So, I think when he come in, I was expecting him to start, maybe not start, but be involved a little bit more. But in terms of our front six, there's not many better sides in Europe than Liverpool front six. So, it's not easy to come into that. So, I think Klopp held them back a bit longer than maybe Oxley chamberlain would have thought. But I think it doesn't matter where you're from in the world, where you're from in the country, any, any new job going into a new group of people, it takes time to, to feel integrated and part of that group, do you know what I mean? So you can start expressing yourself. And I think the way he's come across the last few weeks, the post-match interview when he shut the reporter down when he was talking to Coutinho was brilliant. Yeah, player of the year. He should have been given player of the year there. Yeah, that's there. brilliant. Uh, then there's the the video where the three of them, Coutinho, Firmino and, and the Ox go to... Oh, I've just called them the Ox, I hate that. I take that uh, back. Yeah. Oxley, Chamberlain. Yeah. I'm not editing that. I'm with that, yeah. No, I hate, I hate that, man. Um, I've just lost an inch off my penis there saying that. Yeah, I'm delighted. No, I'm delighted. And I haven't got. I, 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 I know. Yeah, well. But, I'm talking about Alex Oxley Chambers now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah. When he go, they go to the. Uh, I think it's all the right, the three of them, don't they? And he comes across brilliantly in that. Uh, after the, I saw the post match today, and he, he's not. You know what I mean? He's not resting on his laurels. I thought he had a better game than than you thought, Gav. I thought he was. Easily the best of the midfield three. Uh, and his goal is is an excellent finish. Like, really, really good. Yeah, good. He, needs to, finish. he needs to score more goals because he's got the ability to score more goals. But he, that's his third goal for us now, isn't it? He? he hasn't started too poorly in terms yeah, of goals. I think I've seen today he's played 150 Premier League games and scored 10 goals, which is funny because um, I think two of them is with Liverpool in about 10 games. So his average is slowly getting yeah. better and better. You yeah, know, exactly. Um, exactly, exactly. But yeah, that, so, I thought he'd done well, mate. I thought, and uh, like, and after the game, he was not happy with his own performance. He said, yeah, "There's I'm a ha- lot more I'm to come from me." Yeah, I like that. It's a good, it's a good mentality. He's not resting on his laurels. Yeah. And I think he's a brilliant squad. Whether he starts or whether he doesn't, if he's on the bench and you're getting beat, you can look at the bench and think, "Go ahead, bring o- bring Oxley Chamberlain on. He can do something." Do you know what I mean? He, he can affect the game. So yeah, I'm made up with him. Yeah, no, like I'm not, I'm not arguing. Um, I just, I don't like when people throw this forty million thing around because, 
At the Can end we of the edit day, it out where I call them the ox? Absolutely not. No, that's I'm going to play that on a loop <laughs> at the very end. Oh, I know. Um, Christmas is ruined. Yeah, no, Christmas is made, not ruined. Um, just quickly, um, Lalana, Lalana comes on. Um, he still looks for me a yard off. You know, he's nice touches, decent passing. His decision making wasn't great when he comes on, but it's great to have him back. Um, again, it's another player that you can use. And people are saying, oh, he's coming back, but you know what? True, the heaviest of the fixtures. Listen, players are going to need a rest in January, regardless of all these games we're playing in December, and we will get injuries and suspensions. And it's great to have him back. Um, and he will add something to either midfield or, or the attacking tree, wherever he wants to play. So. It's great to see him back and hopefully he can stay fit for the rest of the season. Um, that's enough football talk. Um, that's enough. Uh, Ian, just going to ask you, how was your Christmas? How did you go on? It was good, man. It was really good. Uh, did you get any gluttony. Nice gluttony is the word. Mate, I don't get many presents me. No one gives a shit oh. about me and my family. But yeah. I, actually, my mum got me two presents, but she put them all in with my daughters. And then oh. I didn't realise, and my daughter opened my only two presents, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I looked at them in disgust when she had like a triple XL woolly pair of pyjamas. Yeah, and a Gillette Mag 3 razor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not that far off. Like a big Lynx gift set, obviously, because it's Christmas. And Madison was, just, Africa, Madison was just like, what the hell is this? And I was just like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's good, man. I, yesterday I spent it with friends. Uh Drank a bottle of gin. Yeah. Started to feel sick round about half one in the morning. Uh, so came, I was supposed to stay over, but I came home early because I was meant to go out today. But my mate rang me and he weren't well. Well, I say not well. He was rough. Yeah. So I've just stayed in, mate, and just pretty much ate enough to feel a small village in Nairobi, really. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I've had a good Christmas. Um, the drinking has been... Um, Constant, not excessive, but constant. Um, I blame my wife. My wife sent me the pub at one o'clock on Christmas Eve and said, Can you please go down the pub? I, I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't like Get out me. My face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, I think her and my daughter, my five year old daughter, were doing nails and hair and all that sort of stuff because my daughter's five going on about fucking 25. Um, but um, yeah, Christmas Day was good. The food was always good. Plenty of drink, mixing drinks, all that sort of stuff. I don't drink spirits. So I'm safe on that. Um, and today was more relaxing. Um, I'm trying to find out where I'm meant to put all these fucking presents, fit them in the house. I'm probably going to have to build some sort of extension on the back of the house to fit everything in. But uh, no, really good. Um, I love Christmas, so it's been happy days. Amara, um, Christmas comes around. You had to be baking cakes, didn't you? Because you like cakes and you like baking. Oh, I didn't actually this time. I don't celebrate Christmas and I don't have stories to make up like Grizz, so I'll <laughs> just tell you one. No, Grizz um, was, was under a motorway fucking bridge <laughs> reading The Catcher in the Roy. Um, that's what he does. But, um, Grizz has got a medal for best celebrated of Christmas 1985 from his school. No, he was at the Leighton Orient Christmas dinner, I think he was. <laughs> Well, I, I do. I have eaten too much, though. We pretty much do everything else that you do apart from drink. Okay. So <laughs> that's the only thing we don't do. But, so you um, just jump on the food bandwagon? Yeah, yeah, we just eat. And yesterday I was at my mom's. Uh, we didn't um, 
my niece works at Harrods, so she um, bought like loads of cakes from there. She gets it on the, on the cut price. I thought you were going to say she brought it for you at home, right? <laughs> no, she, um, <laughs> so I didn't bake. No, I did make mince pies today. I had a little a twist version of a mince pie, which was, they were actually twists. I don't know if you can picture that in your head. You know, like um, cheese straws. Yeah, yeah. So you put them in, yeah, and then you twist them, and they were really nice. I like them. Can I can I ask you a, a culinary question, Amara? Why don't why why don't mince pies have mince in? No idea. I could, the only I haven't looked into the reason why it's called mince meat. The only thing I can think of is that the actual mixture looks like cooked meat. That's it. I'm, I'm thinking that's why they call it mince meat. Mm. What's in a mince pie? I'm not the biggest fan. I like what's, them. They're nice. What's, what's in a mince pie? It's like fruit, it's all isn't it? dried fruit, isn't it? Raisins and sultanas and... I think I'd rather eat mince. Sugar and... <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of mince pies, me. I mean, I can eat them. I can get them down the hatch, like, but... <laughs> you can get them down the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't... Uh, I wouldn't ever... Like, when you go in the Asda or something... And there's like eighty thousand boxes of them, boxes of them on offer because hardly anyone eats mince pies. Do you know what I mean? No, but the yeah, sh- stuff in the shop isn't nice. The homemade stuff's nice. Nah, I'm not there convinced. Fruit that. and pastry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to have a word. But that's the only one of the things I can find at Christmas time that hasn't got ten bottles of rum in it. Because all the other Christmas cakes have got. Well, I don't know what else you put in it, but every time I look at a lot of my brandy and don't yeah, a lot of, yeah, they all have alcohol in them and um, I'm always forever trying to find a recipe that doesn't have anything in it. I, I remember I remember from years ago, um, and I think it was mentioned on this pod before, was there Madeira cake mentioned on this podcast? Before? Oh, it's Grizz. Yeah, the ghost of, of Grizz. Yeah, and um, I don't think there's any rum or brandy in that. And no. then there used to be one, um, like I presume you got it in England because you're not that very far from me, like, you know, but it was, um, it was like a layer cake. So it was like three flavors when you cut it open. Is that like the? Is that Battenberg? Was that Battenberg yeah, cake? A bit like Batten. No, it wasn't Battenberg. Um, but it was a bit like it was a bit like that. But they were all right. But well, we're, we're talking about like retail board cakes. Omara thinks they are like the aids of cakes, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Since yeah. I started baking myself, I yeah. never buy cakes from the shop unless I'm like desperate and I can't be asked to do anything, which is very rare. For, like I like I enjoy it. I'd say at you what point in your life all of fucking Mr. Kipling there? <laughs> yeah. At what point in your life have you got to get to to be desperate to buy cakes? Yeah, what when... happens? Where where do you get to the stage? Right? <laughs> I'm gonna need I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to go down to the shop because Grizz reckons um I've got the shakes. If you pay over one twenty nine for a Madeira, you're you're buying a diesel one. I remember that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he says a lot of shit. That man, though. How bad did your life need to get to be where you go down to shop and buy a cake? Pretty bad. I think it's when you just can't be bothered or when someone's coming around that you don't really like and you don't want to make all the effort for them, <laughs> which is oh, rare, yeah. to be honest. But no, I actually do enjoy it. So that's like whenever I do, a, if someone is coming over for dinner, I always have, okay, what's for dessert first? And then the main I ask other people, I'm not really fussed because I don't like cooking anyway. I do it because I have to. <laughs> it's a sad life. See, the, the size go, of, the size of me. Like, I'd definitely what? go to a house. Like, I, I'd, you know, a chance to dinner, but you know something's good coming at dessert. Like. Definitely. I don't know. I, I didn't have any dessert this year. Yeah. Either did I. I don't, I don't really eat desserts. I'd rather have no. extra meat 
Now I eat my my meal according to I won't eat too much because I know I'm going to want dessert afterwards. So I eat kind of yeah. Have that I, I know a lot mind. of people. You know when like people that. go, I can't eat dessert. I'm stuffed. Well, why did you eat so much in the first place? So plan it. I plan it in my head. That's what no, my little just, girl says. I just eat. She's I like, just eat a standard dinner and then don't eat dessert. Like that may come as a massive shock to people. Yeah, but mate, people's dinner, before. people's standard <laughs> inverted commas is completely different, though, isn't it? It was a standard my, my standard dinner will be three times bigger than your standard dinner. Do you know what I mean? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, me, my daughter does that. She goes, uh, "Daddy, I'm full. I can't eat anymore." And then I go, "So you want no pudding?" Then she goes, "No, no, I can have, I can have pudding." So you're like, yeah. "So you're not full, then are you? You lying little yeah. shit." It's that stomach yeah. dessert, isn't it? No, you see, that's what that's what it is because my five year old daughter told me yesterday, "Did you not realise I have two stomachs? Yeah. One is the normal, and one is the dessert." Exactly. Well, you can not argue with that. The, the treat stomach, she calls it. Yeah, I've so got six it. stomachs. <laughs> yeah, one for lamb, one for chicken, one for oh, bacon. One for I'm not asked about chicken, but I could no, have right. two stomachs just for lamb. Lamb is the best meat, though. Yeah, is it? Because I went, because I went. To, yeah, it is. It was steak. Chicken is the best. Chicken. I don't oh, eat steak. often, but I do like lamb more than chicken. But we cook chicken more often because it's just better for you, or less. Chicken is great. Crap. No, you. chicken is mate. Growing up. Every single Sunday on our Sunday dinners for maybe 15 years, we had chicken. Yeah, and I was just chicken. like, it, I'd be quite happy if every chicken just vanished off the face of the earth, me. <laughs> and I eat a lot of my it. My kids would hate, my kids had chicken crazy. Uh, I it. hate Nando's. My little girl loves Nando's. I think it's Nando's the shittest restaurant only, in the just, world. It's only KFC or a knife. It's fancy chicken, chicken and chips. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And chips. You might as well go to the, will... the, the pound one. Why don't you just go down to the KFC the Grizz goes to? You get fucking all sorts of offers. Grizz knows all the stuff. Do you know how bad? Do you know how bad Grizz is? He actually delivers. He's got chicken shops, and he still goes to KFC. Of course he does. He's not going to his own shit. What does that tell you about? Have you ever seen a Anchorman where the fella says bats are the chicken of the cave? I, I would hate to think what Grizz is cooking as chicken. I would hate to think of it. Is it weird? Well, look, um, we're going to have to leave it there because I don't. I think what I've heard about, I think it's New Year's Eve now. Um, <laughs> but um, if Grizz didn't regret coming on tonight, we've made sure that he has between the three of us. I'd like to congratulate all three of us for doing that and <laughs> destroying them from start to finish. Um, look, that's been your Christmas fatback for we don't know what episode it is, so we're calling it the Christmas one. Um, Amara, thanks a million for joining us this evening. Ian, no you know, it's your fucking job, so I'm not thanking you. <laughs> and I'm not thanking myself either. But look, um, enjoy the rest of everyone's Christmas. Enjoy your new year. We'll be back really soon. Over and out. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.